0: So welcome back into the Backroads podcast, starting back up after Christmas. The last time we left, we just finished up with the uh, six-man uh, state title games where Westbrook and Strong became state champions. I'm Craig Spear with Happy Sports Network and PressBatsSports.com. And I'm
1: Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan.
0: So, Bobby, the, the leading question, we got a big show coming up at everybody. We're going to talk about uh, UIL events, Congress, and cheer We've got the head coach for San Perlita, Nate Garza, coming on with us. But real quick, before we get started, I have to ask, because everybody wants to know out there, how was your Christmas?
1: Uh, Actually, it was very nice. I drove 10 hours to Groves, Texas, if you know where that is, that's in the very, let's see, what is that, southeast corner of Texas, just across the border from Louisiana, actually went and to an alligator farm and to the beach. And it was really nice. I had a great time with family. That's where my sister lives. So how was yours?
0: Well, Bobby, my Christmas was good. I figure any Christmas break where well, you're not working, I had 12 straight days off. Couldn't tell you the last time that happened. It is a fabulous holiday.
1: Oh, that is so nice. I I, wor- I started working again, what, last Monday? Yeah, last Monday.
0: Yeah, well, my, I started Tuesday, but We got to get back to the grind and and that's exactly what we're going to do here on the Backroads podcast and uh, basketball now in full swing. We got football behind us and well, we're going to start off this show in the new year of 2022 with a great interview. We're going to bring in the head coach for the San Perlita Trojans and that would be coach Nate Garza. Coach, welcome in.
2: Hey guys, uh, uh, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, I'm a big fan of what y'all do. Uh, promoting, you know, all 1A sports and, and, and just kind of promoting the kids and, you know, doing what y'all do for small schools. So, so first of all, I really appreciate you guys having me. Well, we appreciate
0: that coach. And I mean, we've got you on, we have to talk about your Trojans ranked top 10 in the state playing really good basketball. Just give us an overview of uh, where you feel like your team is right
2: now. Yeah, I, I think we're headed in the right direction. I don't think we're, you know, we are where we want to be yet. You know, obviously in a, in a, in a season you have ups and downs and, and, Uh, We did hit hit a rough patch, you know, after after the Christmas break, we have played some really tough teams and the guys will be the first to admit that we still have a lot of room for for improvement. So hopefully with district rolling around, you know, we can we can tie it up on some loose ends and, and start playing, you know, a full four quarters of good basketball.
0: Well, before we start talking about your district play, one of the questions I've got for you is let's talk about Eli Terry. Uh, your leading score there i mean this is somebody who put up over 70 points in a ball game just talk about his contribution to your team
2: he's a leader and, and and most of all he you know he he leads by example he's he's a he's a very humble player very humble kid very respectful you know has a very strong work ethic and he's been a varsity player for us for 4 years already so so he's he's got a lot of experience he's been on a team with two regional tournament appearances so you know he he's he's done a lot of things for us you know he's a he's a great young man to coach he's very easy to coach you know, he's been obviously a, a huge part of our early success, you know, but but he'll also be the first one to tell you that, that we'll only go as far as the players around him and, and, and everybody else.
0: And one of the things that Bobby and I really like are, are what we call glue guys, guys that maybe don't get a whole lot of the headlines, but somebody who the coach or somebody who really understands basketball knows that that is what makes your team tick. Do you have a glue guy there that doesn't always get the spotlight, but uh, you feel like is really critical to the Trojans' success?
2: Oh, that's a neat, very easy answer for me. That'd be my my starting senior point guard. He's been my starting point guard since he was a sophomore, uh, Diego Ortiz, you know, and, and he, he could come out and put up 15 to 17 points a game. And, uh, but he is the one that just really, for us, dictates everything, dictates the pace, you know, puts everybody in their spots. He, he, he knows where players around him like the basketball um, he's really an extension of me on the court. You know, he, he really knows what I expect. He hasn't played the last couple of games and it's kind of evident at points that, you know, we do need him on the floor. And but he's our glue guy. He, I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at without him. And, and, and the players around, you know, would tell you that, you know, he's, he's a very big part of our success. And, you know, he's been my senior point guard as a sophomore for a reason. And he, so he, he's big for us. He's our glue guy. And, and, you know, he he understands the system better than anybody else.
1: Okay, so coach, next this next week, you have San Isidro and Benavides. But then, then you get number four McMullen County. How do you prepare for that? Because right now they're number four. Y'all are number six. I know that both of the teams have been playing some higher classifications to get ready for
0: district.
2: Yeah, no, and, and you know, McMullen is a returning ball club. You know, and and, and then, they, you know, they also have an addition, uh, an additional player that came in from 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 uh, another school from last year. So, you know, they didn't graduate anybody and added one. So, you know, they're they're a very good team. They're they're a strong ball club, you know, to prepare for them. You know, you just got to make sure that you come out and ready. you know, you're ready to play. And even then you're ready to play. You got to come out and you got to execute at a high level. You know, you, you got to make sure that you can't afford to take any possessions off because like again they're they're a very good team. They're a very deep team, very well coached. You know, they have some very good players there. You know, so it's 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 always a challenge. It was a challenge last year. We had to go into a tiebreaker playing them. So uh, you know, it's it's very good competition for us and 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 obviously, you know, to a tough district and get us ready for hopefully get us ready for 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 the playoffs as well. So you know it's 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 a it's a challenge or a very good team. And you know we just got to come out. We got to make sure that we just come out and and we're ready to play. What do you feel like would
0: be the keys to success for the Trojans to take out the running Cowboys?
2: We just got to make sure that we come out and just, I guess, might sound kind of cliche, but just kind of do what we do and not forget what has gotten us the most success when we're playing at the highest levels, you know, and then that's when we're doing it together. You know, we're just having fun and, that's the biggest thing for us is, is when we're playing at our best is when we don't forget to have fun with the game. And, and that's probably the biggest thing for us, you know, and, and that's number one. And then obviously, ob- obviously, number two is that you got to make sure that you are very sound defensively. Uh, you know that, that you know you, you can't you know afford it you know they're going to make you pay for any kind of mistakes that you make on the defensive end of the ball so just got to make sure that we're sound on defense and and then we just play hard you know play hard and, and just give it everything you have and that's really I mean they're again they're they're very good so we just got to come out and make sure that we play a full four quarters of basketball on both ends of the floor
0: if I remember correctly started there at San Perlito in 2016 and took over a team that uh, had played really more of a methodical type approach. And you're a guy that loves to just run a gun and let's go. Where, where did that style of basketball in you? Where, where did you learn to figure out that that's exactly how you wanted to coach basketball?
2: Um, well, when I very first started coaching basketball, uh, when I first came out of college, I was kind of a methodical coach myself. And then, and then, and then coming up, um, being, being an assistant under when I was in Los Fresnos and I got to the high school level, they like to push the pace. They like to, 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 to shoot a lot of shots and and just play fast. And, and then that's kind of what, what I really, I found exciting was, was playing fast, uh, putting up a lot of shots and, and, and just, uh, you know, and and I think it's a very, it's a very uh, fun system to play in as a player because everybody has the opportunity to score, you know, and, and, and I love coaching like that. You know, I love coaching in chaos. Um, When I first, took over at San Perlita, it was, it was a transition for most of the players. You know, they 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 did play a more methodical approach. So that first year, and especially early in the year, it was rough. I mean, we were averaging about 25 turnovers a game. You know, the, the kids just weren't used to playing, playing like that. But now it just kind of that's how the kids want to play. So they bought into the system and, and thankfully they have, you know, and and you know and and that's just that's just how I love to coach. I love to coach fast. I love to coach chaotic and it just in a way it also just kind of fits my personality as well.
1: We're going to get into district and it's going to go really fast and we get four teams in 1A this year to go to the playoffs. But the one thing that I'm very curious about, I don't know if you've looked ahead or not. Most coaches usually kind of keep your eye on it a little bit, but it looks like region four is going to be a little bit brutal. I mean, you have San Perlita, you have McMullen County, you have Calvert, you have Dime Box. Uh, there's a lot of good teams in there surely you haven't thought about that have you
2: i mean i'd be lying if i told you that i didn't you know and, and, and so i know i you know just like any coach you look ahead and for, for me i do look ahead a little bit but i don't i try not to forget that you know my main focus is my team and try to get my team better every day right but but our region is 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 absolutely tough and and, and the guys know that you know that you know you know last year's second round we're playing Dimebox. box you know and that goes down to the wire and then on the other end you had McMullen play covered in the second round and and you know so so potentially you just never know how the, the bracket will fall but we can play one of those teams in the second round as well you know and then you can't forget you know the, you know the, you know teams like like you know welder that that you know they they play hard and they play tough and they've played a very tough schedule it's a tough region uh, you know last year last year we i mean every game was close you know from second round to third round the regional tournament you know, it's, you got to come out and play. And if you don't come out and play, you can lose pretty, you can do pretty bad with that, with that region. So it's a tough region.
1: Yes, it seems like region four has come to the forefront as being one of the toughest.
2: Right. You know, and I think, and, and I think the cop just, and, and again, just 1A Texas basketball is, is insanely tough. But I think just knowing the competition that's in the region is kind of motivating everybody to get better, knowing that, hey, if, we, if we're not playing at a high level, you know, we're not going to make a deep playoff run because I'm not saying any region is easy, but, you know, obviously we're in a very tough region. And and just the fact that, you know, you can have, you know, you're playing Dying Box or Calvert the second round, just knowing that two teams are going to be, are, you know, cancel each other out in the second round, potentially, right? And and so that's kind of, I mean, that's just the way the bracket falls. But but obviously with our region, you either have to show up or you'll get beat. Well, Coach Garza, we really do
0: appreciate you joining us. I love it. Coaching in Chaos—that That is something I've got to remember moving forward. I love that uh, that uh, moniker that you've got there for the Trojans. We do appreciate you joining us. Uh, best of luck uh, during district, especially when you take on McMullen County running Cowboys. Uh, and we will uh, hopefully uh, catch up to you. And uh, best of luck to you, Trojans, moving forward in the season.
2: Thank you, and I appreciate you guys having me.
0: Man, Bobby, what a fun interview Coach Garza was.
1: Oh, man, I really liked him. I cannot wait to watch the trojans because chaos i love watching chaos it's like organized chaos sort of i mean it's it's so difficult to explain uh, maybe we should get uh coach thomas clay from garden city the girls coach at garden city on here to explain organized chaos because i think he does that well uh with some of his teams
0: well that but, that's got to be if, if you're a player that's got to be fun to play in Because you know you can make mistakes, and the coach almost expects mistakes. Now, obviously, Coach Garza, Coach Clay, they don't want 30 mistakes a game, but they're expecting a few mistakes in this up-and-down basketball. It just sounds like a lot of fun. Man, a guy with a ton of energy, and I can understand why uh, the Trojans are ranked top 10 in the state with that 16-7 and record.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, and, you know, we talked about this in December, how brutal Region 4 is. I mean, you got a whole – Ton of teams in Region Four that are ranked in the top twenty-five. You know, just getting past by district is going to be a chore. It's going oh, it, to be incredibly difficult.
0: It, it definitely is. And he talked about the area around as well. Uh, you know, when he looks at the region, and, and you know, when we look at the top twenty-five on the boys' side, Calvert they're sitting at number two, and Dimebox at number five. Those two, those two teams played last week with Calvert coming out with a two-point victory in what was a really good battle. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you look, there's battles all over the place. And what he said about 1A basketball being very competitive, it is. If you look across the board, you can see that 1A teams historically play higher classifications just to get ready for district. I mean, what does that tell you?
0: Yeah, no, I think what we see in class 1A, uh, especially in basketball, is the upper echelon teams, uh, those, are, I'll call them the top 25 to maybe 35% of the teams, are as good as any team in Class 2A or 3A, the problem they run into is the bottom 25% of Class 1A teams really struggle to be competitive. And I think that creates a, a, a really tough setup in district because you find yourself playing a top-tier team one week, and then that's followed by two teams that are in the bottom tier, and it makes it really tough. I mean, you have to really stay focused, I think, as a coach to keep your, your players in tune with what's going on, so when the next big battle comes up, you're ready for it.
1: I totally agree with that. Looking at this uh, top 25 here, my goodness, there's some really good teams in here, and you know what? One uh, region four team, number 14, Sherino. I mean, there they are sitting too. So that's what, five teams in the top 14 that are in region four. I think you have the same kind of thing going on in region one. You got Texline. I mean, you can go down through here. Spring Lake Earth, Will Dorado. Nazareth
0: see, is in there as Nazareth, well. Nazareth, Jaden,
1: Paducah. I mean, there's just a whole slew of really good teams in there i mean then you got region two i mean all of the regions are well represented in this top 25 um but region four i think by far has it the most difficult when we come up on the playoffs in mid-february
0: yeah and you know
1: what that'll be here before we know it
0: Well, it it will be, and we you know we talked about Calvert Dime Box. That was a playoff type like like atmosphere. We saw the same thing this past Friday night. Texline and Nazareth doing battle up there in Texline. And I always joke that uh, we're we're going up there there to see uh, Nanook of the North because it's so far north in the state of Texas. But they did battle, uh, and uh, Coach Beckner and the Tornadoes got an eight point victory over Nazareth, which I think was a little surprising to some folks that Nazareth played them that close there in Textline. that
1: that's surprising to me I really expected Textline to to put Nazareth away by at least 20 points at the very minimum so when I saw that score it it kind of surprised me and but you know what every team has what you know we call a, a bad game but <laughs> uh, I mean you know I don't know if that's what happened I wasn't there but you know, we are after the holidays, though, you know, and the gyms are shut down for a certain amount of days by the UIL, you can't, you gotta lock everything up, and it's a good, uh, well-needed rest for uh, players, basketball players, teams, but after the holiday break, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to come back from that and play.
0: It, it definitely is. So many teams have tournaments right after the Christmas break. And it, it's funny because uh, I heard multiple coaches tell me over the Christmas break that, uh, you know, th- their team would play bad in a game and they're like, well, I expected that. It's, you know, it's that dreaded game after Christmas. So uh, I think that's really, they're expected by a lot of the coaches. When we move over to the girls side, Sand still sits at number one. And I got to tell you, when you look through the list and there are some really good teams, but sands just really stands out as potentially the best team there in class 1a Uh,
1: i agree with that i think that there would be several coaches of teams that they have played that would agree with that as well Uh, one thing that we we probably need to talk about is look at who is sitting at number four in the tabc top 25 there sits the borden county lady coyotes and guess what They're right there in Region 1 and, shoot, in the same district with Sands. And it looks like they're going to meet up on Friday the 14th. So that should be interesting. And Sands will be playing at Borden County that game for District 8 bout. So we'll see how Borden County fares against the Sands Lady Mustangs coming to town.
0: Definitely. And then you're you're talking about region one there. Uh, Number two, after sliding down uh, almost to uh, the bottom half of the top 10, back up to number two is the Nazareth Swiftettes. We all know about them. Now, 10 and eight on the season. Uh, Typically, you can look at their record and just kind of throw it out because most of their losses are to 4A and 5A teams that are in the uh, top 25 as well in the TABC. Uh, Jaden, the Lady Jaybirds as well, they're sitting in at number 11. So a really competitive uh, top 25 when you look at it from region one and uh, as we go through there you know you talked about it. it's it's funny how many teams have teams ranked both on the boys and the girls side
1: i know isn't i that's always interesting to me to see that uh, you know nazareth both boys and girls are always up there this year huckabee you know huckabee's there uh Jaden,
0: jayden. jayden county um westbrook wells mm-hmm. it, it, it's made westbrook I've slidell been, yeah slidell westbrook looks funny to me on the boys side they're ranked 25th in the state they have a one-on-one record
1: <laughs> well there may be a reason for that potentially
0: <laughs> they haven't potentially. been playing basketball too long they've been playing that
1: outside sport that we love so much that i'm currently in withdrawals over <laughs>
0: Well, it should make for an absolutely fun time in basketball. Uh, We're going to break it down more and more as we move forward through the districts. Districts just now, most districts just now kind of getting things started. Uh, I can tell you, our district up here, we've been going since before Christmas, and some of them have been, Um, but uh, you're you're starting to see things. uh, As we start to see some of these big matchups, we saw Calvert and Dimebox. We've got uh, McMullen County and San Perlita coming up. Texline and Will Dorado are going to be doing battle. Those kind of matchups, you talked about Sands and Borden County on the girls' side, those kinds of matchups going on. So uh, we'll have plenty of coverage of those as we move forward through the coming weeks and get you ready for uh, playoff action.
1: It's going to be here before we know it. And, you know, just as a reminder to all those of you who love basketball, number one, There will be four teams from each district going into the playoffs this year. That's a new rule passed by the UIL for 1A. And number two, the girls always start a week before the boys.
0: Still got to figure out a way we got to make that even. But I I just think it would be great to have regional tournaments where girls and boys were there at the same time. And you just play basketball all day.
1: Oh, I know. That'd be cool, right? You could just go and watch some really, really good basketball and just sit there and Instead of you know like I'm used to going to Region One and I'll go to the girls and the boys one week and the other week, and you go see two games and then the next day you go see you know two games or whatever. But it's nice to go to an arena and sit and watch basketball. It's kind of like a a real tournament um, atmosphere.
0: That that it is. Well, let, let's move on past basketball now and a couple other things that we want to touch on. There's some state. Uh, Uh, tournaments going on i guess you would call them state tournaments and you know more about this than i do the uil congress for 2022 The prelims for 1a begin this tuesday january the 11th with super congress going on wednesday uh, january 12th they're at the capitol for those who don't know like myself tell us a little bit about uil congress
1: okay well it's kind of a cool thing Um, According to the website, it's an individual contest in a large group setting. It models the legislative process of democracy, specifically the United States Congress. So within this mock legislative assembly competition, contestants draft legislation. So they propose law and they craft position statements they research the docket of bills and resolutions dealing with real world social and political policies prior to the contest and they prepare their speeches so at the tournament so at congress the student caucus uh, in committees deliver formal discourse on the merits and disadvantages of each piece of legislation and vote to pass or defeat the measures they have examined Parliamentary procedure forms structure for the discourse, and students extemporaneously respond to others' arguments over the course of a session. So it's it's really cool. It's actually part of the speech and debate um, arm of the UIL academics, and they have it every January. And so this year, uh, I have a list of those schools and students who are actually competing and this starts let's see it's tuesday for preliminary and then super congress is the next day and it's kind of like the finals if you will of congress and it is actually at the state capitol in austin texas how cool is that
0: that that is cool and it's funny when you talk about this because uh in, in the day and time that our world is in Maybe we should take some of those folks in Washington and have them come watch this and understand what a real government's supposed to actually do. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, wow, you went right there, didn't you? (laughs) Uh, I think we could probably ask some of these folks how to do that. Uh, here, I mean, we have several from this area of the state, but we have three from Bruni, three from McMullen County. So see, they don't just play basketball. Uh, one from Sherino, uh, two from UT Tyler Universal Academy, two from Hearts Bluff, two from Chillicothe, one from Monday, three from Lameda, one from Blackwell, two from Aspermont, one from Erie County, one from Nueces Canyon, one from Rochelle, three from Jayton, three from Grady, and three from Canipa. And if you'd like to see who those are, we've got them up on the website. If you go to 1afan.com to activities, you will see UIL Congress listed in the drop down that pops up. And we have all of the folks up there. We'll be also putting that on face our Facebook page so everyone can kind of keep up with that. And I'll be following along to see who makes it to Super Congress and then who also um they have a list of outs they have an outstanding presiding officer once it's done and then they have the top six and it's actually kind of cool
0: that that is really cool really cool and it's funny one of those schools that you mentioned in there's one that we don't hear a lot about in 1a because they do so much at the 2a level that is monday and so just as a trivia question for our folks listening out there real quick bobby what is the mascot for monday
1: I know, right? It's a good one. It is. It's a really good one.
0: Are you going to let our fans in on it, or?
1: the Monday Moguls. The Moguls. Gotta love it. Does anyone know what a Mogul is? If you don't, go look at their mascot. It's incredibly cool. Really
0: cool. And if you want to know how successful they've been, uh, one of their uh, former players, LJ Collier, is actually a defensive tackle for the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, Monday, a, a a town rich in tradition when it comes to athletics.
1: Definitely. They definitely are. They're also very good in track.
0: Yes. Which you would know more than anybody.
1: <laughs> oh, man. You know, back in the day, I, oh, they had a... A runner named Mindy Myers, and I believe she coaches at Haskell now. Densie and I always laugh because Densie grew up in Newcastle. I grew up in Jayton, and we both had to deal with Mindy Myers for Monday, Texas, running And there were so many myths about her. And I know that that students (laughs) this time, you know, there's myths about people. Um, But we always heard she lives in Rhineland. She lived in Rhineland, grew up there, a family. She was the youngest of 12, I believe. And uh, they said that she ran 10 miles to school every morning and then back. And she ran up a a creek bed to school in the sand and let me tell you I believe it because the girls can sprint two miles and I mean lap people everybody on the track she was incredible and I know she uh went to state every single year she was in high school she was she was absolutely incredible runner but we always we always laugh about that about how we were always way behind on Mindy Myers.
0: That's funny. It's funny because you mentioned that because there are myths out there about uh, uh, athletes and and, and different things. And, uh, you know, we all believe them now, whether we know they're true or not, but we all believe them.
1: You know what? And I have seen her several times since then, and I should ask her that. But you know what? She has actually referenced running in a creek bed before on her Facebook page. So I know she did that. (laughs) I know she did i am convinced of it and you know what those kinds of things they live on here i am i mean it's been i I can't even tell you i feel like it's been hundreds of years since i graduated from high school but but you know those things live on forever forever
0: they they do you're right there (laughs) well let's move on to uh we'll finish up here with the uil spirit state championship Now, in essence, it's funny. They say Spirit Championship. This is cheerleading, right?
1: It is. It is a cheer competition. Yeah, they're judged on three categories. Number one, crowd leading. Two, the fight song. And three, band dance.
0: Gotcha. Well, the qualifying round for that comes up this Thursday, uh, beginning at 9 o'clock. The finals will be Thursday at 4.30 with the awards scheduled for 7.10 that night. Uh, Teams that are going to be in it include Vernon Northside, Aspermont, Monday, the Moguls one more time, Blackwell, Medina, Benjamin, Bartlett, Electra, Silverton, Paint Rock, Spur, Rock Springs, Abbott, Covington, Hermley, Chirino, Crosbyton, and Paducah. And when we mention Paducah and Monday, they're important because Paducah has won it from 2016 through 2020, but Monday won it last year. So uh, I know uh, a good friend of mine, his daughter, uh, was on some of those Paducah teams. So uh, it is, I mean, they get into it. This This is a very spirited, no pun intended, competition.
1: It is. And the cool thing about it is when it first started back in 2016, it seems like there were only a handful of 1A schools doing it and uh, the more years that have gone by the more teams participate so this is always at the fort worth convention center we will have a photographer or two there on thursday to take pictures of every all the competitions for 1a and we're we're so excited uh, you know i feel like a cheerleader myself i never wanted to be a cheerleader that was
0: i was just twirler. I don't, I don't see you as the cheerleader type, Bobby.
1: No, I was a twirler.
0: Uh, <laughs> now, that's a tall twirler, Bobby.
1: Uh, you should have seen us. There were two of us, and we were both 5'11". <laughs> we were the gigantic twirlers. Gotcha. <laughs> <from James>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, I mean, it's a really exciting time. They're judged on those three things. And so everything happens in one day. They start at 9 in the morning. They don't end till 6 o'clock, 6.30 at night. So it's a long, tiring day in Fort Worth. But um, good luck to all those teams going to the UIL State Spirit Championship. Oh, and don't forget to watch our Facebook page because I'll be following along. And I'll tell you who made the finals and we will keep you updated on who wins because what's the cool the cool thing is like for example last year monday won the overall championship but they only won two of the three categories benjamin actually won the band dance winners so sometimes it's the same team sometimes it's not obviously paducah had the corner on the spirit championship for several years in a row but uh, keep an eye out we'll keep you up to date on all those on basketball make sure you send in your basketball stuff because i'm having a hard time getting some school scores here lately of course you know like you said it's after the break holiday you got tournaments you got district all wrapped up into one so make sure and report those scores let Let us tout your team a little bit on the podcast and on our social media. We'd love to do that.
0: Most definitely. And that's a good way to end it. At Texas 1A Fan on Twitter, that's all you got to do. Or reach out on the Facebook page. Get us those scores. We want to know how your team is doing. It doesn't matter whether you're a coach or not. If you're a parent, if you've got the score, let us know. Because there are tons of scores that we don't get every single Tuesday and Friday night. And it makes it really difficult, A, to keep up with the districts. But we want to make sure your team gets uh, uh, lauded out there just like all the others do.
1: I totally agree. Um, Most of my weekend is spent uh, combing through Max Preps and every other newspaper I can find to find scores. Because, you know, we like to say, hey, this team won. This team is in the running to make the playoffs and once the district race is over we have to be able to put the teams in the slots that they need to go into because a lot of times that normally doesn't happen on the uil website very quickly because they are counting on coaches to make sure their information is in max preps and sometimes that doesn't get done in a very timely manner so If you want to know who's going to the playoffs uh, second week in February for the girls, you're going to have to let us know their scores. We appreciate any help that you can give us.
0: Definitely. Well, Bobby, it's great to be back from Christmas. That's going to wrap it up for us here on our first week back on the Backroads podcast. Uh, So much basketball to cover as we move forward. Plus, we'll give you the results of UIL Congress and the Spirit State Championships next week on the show. But until then, I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com.
1: And I'm Bobby Brown, Texas 1A fan. Remember, go forward and do good.